My name's Greg Knapp, and this is the Greg Knapp Experience, the 20-minute thrill ride for your commute or workout. And if you're watching the video cast on YouTube or Rumble, my face is not melting. It's just that I've grown up most of my life in Florida, and I went to the dermatologist. Yeah, it didn't hurt that bad. Hey, did we have a drone lock on the Afghan suicide bomber and decide to not take the shot? The impeachment Biden case is getting stronger. Nancy Pelosi disses our military heroes. Dan Rather compares pro-lifers to the Taliban. And you won't believe what San Francisco is paying some of their people not to do. All that coming up on the Greg Knapp Experience. Let's go. All right, so let's start with this story coming out from former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for the Western Hemisphere Affairs, Roger Pardo Maurer. The director of MRC Latino, Jorge Bonilla, posted an interview with him. The Department of Defense, supposedly, knew where and when this attack on our uh, people in the Kabul airport was going to take place. He said that a Predator drone had a lock on him that the Department of Defense refused to grant permission to fire upon that bomber. Wait a second. Could, could this really be true? Could this be the moment where Bill Clinton said, don't take the shot at Osama bin Laden because the lawyers told him not to? Could this be the moment when Barack Obama was ready to pull the trigger on Osama bin Laden and Joe Biden told him not to? Thankfully, he didn't listen to Joe Biden because you know nobody should. But could this be one of those moments? that the Department of Defense actually had a drone lock on this dude before he blew everybody up, killing 13 American servicemen and women and all the Afghans, over 100, and we decided not to take the shot? Permission was requested and denied. The reason for this denial, quote, because we are in this process of negotiating with the Taliban who aren't even in control of their own government or their own people. Yeah, that... Probably could be something. I mean, when you hear that we were telling Americans at the gate they couldn't come in, why would we do that? Well, we didn't want to upset the Taliban. Did we have a drone lock on this guy? Wow. I mean, if, if, if you thought, hey, Biden screwed up, but this isn't impeachable, that might start to change your mind. I'm sure he had nothing to do with that. Well, he had something to do with some of these other things. I told you yesterday about the phone call. We got the July 23rd transcript from Reuters of Reuters, excuse me, of the phone call with then President Ghani of Afghanistan less than 4 weeks before Kabul collapsed. But this was the time when Afghanistan was being ransacked by the Taliban. They were taking over the majority of the city centers and yet Joe Biden was still telling you everything was okay. Oh, and by the way, this was when Joe Biden was waiving the requirement that he come to Congress if he was going to reduce the troops below 2,000, which he was doing, and he just waived it. Those are a couple of really, really bad things, right? Well, the transcript had Joe Biden telling the president then of Afghanistan that they had to change the perception of how things were going. Biden, I need not tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe, is that things are not going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. And there is a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. Wow, right? So he's telling them to lie. A follow-up phone call, General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said a very similar thing. The perception in the United States, in Europe, in the media sort of thing, is that the narrative of Taliban momentum and a narrative of Taliban victory 
And we need to collectively demonstrate and try to turn that perception, that narrative around. The White House declined to comment on that call when reached by Reuters, but now Jen Psaki is saying, we don't talk about private phone calls. What, what, what about the Trump phone call with the president of Ukraine that you guys impeached him over? If you remember that call, that was simply President Trump talking with the president of Ukraine and saying, hey, listen, you know, I think you guys need to look into what happened when Vice President Biden put pressure on you guys, said he wasn't going to give you billions of dollars, a billion dollars, I think it was, if you didn't fire this Ukrainian prosecutor who, by the way, was, you know, sniffing around some of the things that Joe Biden's son was doing in Ukraine that were extremely questionable slash illegal. So that's the phone call you get impeached over. But this one you can't talk about. Remember, the person who leaked the Trump phone call was this patriotic whistleblower that should be protected and we shouldn't even know his name. And it turns out it was a guy that uh, lied about being the whistleblower. And now he's written a book about it. And isn't that nice? But... For this one, for this one, Jen Psaki says, we can't talk about it. This is a reporter asked her, was the president in any way pushing a false narrative in that call? Jen Psaki, I'm not going to go into the details of a private conversation. Not going to go into the details. That's all I wanted to do when it was Trump. Are you... So it was a patriotic whistleblower when you release a transcript of the president Trump talking to the president of Ukraine, but now it's a private conversation we can't talk about. Let me translate. Yes, this is true. This is what Joe Biden did. It is impeachable, and he should be impeached. And I'm not the only one, by the way, saying that. Here we go. Where, where is the... Oh, yeah, yeah, here it is. Rasmussen reporting. 60% of voters agree with a statement last week by South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, quote, I think Joe Biden deserves to be impeached because he's abandoned thousands of Afghans who fought with us, and he's going to abandon some American citizens because he capitulated to the Taliban to a 31st August deadline. 60% of voters agree with that. So 60% think Joe Biden should be impeached. Well, 52% want him to resign over the withdrawal alone, according to Rasmussen. But it's not very good for Kamala Harris because 38% say she is not qualified to be president. 50, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 38% say she's qualified. 58% say she is not qualified. What a bunch of sexist, racist, horrible people in America. Or maybe they've seen what she did. Hey, Kamala, how's it going on the border? <laughs> hey, Kamala, that's a horrible cackle, isn't it? How's it going in Afghanistan? <laughs> that cackle, right there, the cackle. She's done. And Biden, here's another thing to go into the whole impeachment category. The State Department has now admitted that Biden officials recently directed the federal agencies to scrub their website, scrub their websites of official reports detailing the $82.9 billion in military equipment and training provided to the Afghan security forces since 2001. That means scrubbing from those websites all of the weaponry that we left behind that the Taliban now has. And the State Department said, well, that was done to protect Afghan allies or Joe Biden's butt. One of those. Wow, 52% say he should resign now. 60% agree that he should be impeached. But don't worry, because Senator Mitch McConnell says, hey, listen, there isn't going to be an impeachment. Democrats control the House and the Senate. I think the way these behaviors get adjusted in this country is at the ballot box. 
The president is not going to be removed from office with a Democratic House and a narrowly Democratic Senate. That's not going to happen. And he's right. I told you that a few days ago. But if the Republicans take the House and the Senate in this upcoming election next year, are they saying they're still not going to do it? Or at least investigate it? Well, like I told you a few days ago, even if we take the House and the Senate, the Republicans, they're not going to get two-thirds of the Senate. And you need two-thirds to convict. So he's probably right. He's probably right. And then another difference between the Republicans and the Democrats, the Democrats would just do it anyway. Top Biden advisor refuses to say how we label the Taliban. Yeah, it's Jake Sullivan, national security advisor, MSNBC host Nicole Wallace, asking about the government's posture towards the Taliban. I love this. Are they our frenemy? Are they our adversary? Are they our enemy? What are they? Wallace asked. You ready? This is Jake Sullivan, national security advisor to President Joe Biden. Well, it's hard to put a label on it. It's hard to put a... It's the Taliban. It's hard to put a label on it, in part because we have yet to see what they're going to be now that they're in control, physical control of Afghanistan. No, it's really easy. Let me help you. Here's a label. Um, terrorist. Another label. Easy. I'm sorry. Evil. Easy. <laughs> evil. Uh, horrific. Heinous. We can keep coming up with labels. They, they will, in the coming days, announce a government, and that government is going to go around seeking diplomatic engagement even recognition from other countries, including the United States. In fact, the Taliban spokesman today said he was looking for positive relations on behalf of the Taliban, especially with the United States. But we're not going to grant positive relations to the Taliban. They're going to have to earn those. Yeah, actions, not words. All right, yeah, what are, the, what are their actions going to be? We're, we're going to kill a, 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 a few a few less women this time. Uh, maybe we'll kill fewer gays. We'll take fewer 12-year-olds as sex slaves. We'll, yeah, you know, um, what's the exact number they have to get to before we recognize them? In look at this. Only 8,500 Afghans made it out. Majority of the interpreters and visa holders were left behind. This is according to NBC, and they ran all the numbers, and they said that the special... Uh, Immigrant visas that we allowed for people that were helping us while we were there. At least 70,000 people qualified for that. It was the people who helped us and their families. So NBC is estimating that 265,000 Afghans actually qualified for all types of immigration through one program or another that we had, and only about 12% got out. Oh, we got the 12%. That was an extraordinary success. And Politico has a story that we had uh, administration officials who were horrified over how many people we left behind. Here's one of the quotes. I am absolutely appalled and literally horrified we left Americans there. It was a hostage rescue of thousands of Americans under the guise of a non-combat evacuation operation, and we have failed that no-fail mission. Another White House official said the mission is not accomplished if they left Americans behind. And it goes on and on. It's a very lengthy piece if you want to check it out. But that's not the only one. Just the News has an exclusive one on text messages, secret text messages showing just how bad this thing went. Uh, Michael Yon, former Special Forces soldier, war correspondent, he worked with private citizens and private networks and the military trying to get stranded Americans out. You can't say stranded. That's an irresponsible word to use, says Jen Psaki, White House spokesperson. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, well, they were stranded. So Jan told Just the News 
that a group of Americans were abandoned at the Kabul airport pleading for help as military officials told them they were finished with evacuations. Quote, we had them out there waving their passports, screaming, I'm American. And people were turned away. People were turned away from the gate by our own army. And so Jan texted this one army major he'd been working with. You guys left American citizens at the gate of the Kabul airport. Three empty jets paid for by volunteers were waiting for them. You and I talked on the phone. I told you where they were, gave you their passport images, gave you my email and phone number, and you left them behind. More text messages. One man wrote how he spoke to the American mother, uh, sent photos of her family's passports to Americans inside the airport. The Americans recognized it's her and agreed says, but I've been told General Milley won't let her in. That was the text. The helper group strategized on whether they should send money, how much to whom. Ultimately, the family did not get into the airport. Jan said, we get them to the gate. The U.S. Army completely fails this saying, oh, we can't do it because the Department of State tells us we can't do it. Now, why would the Department of State tell them they can't do it? Back at the home base, Nancy Pelosi blocked the Republicans from reading the names of our 13 men and women who were killed by that American, excuse me, the Afghan Taliban suicide bomber. Brian Mast, Republican Florida, a wounded combat vet from Afghanistan, he said, we gaveled in the House, had prayer, said the Pledge of Allegiance, took a moment of silence with pretty much all Republican veterans, then asked to be recognized to read the names of the 13 men and women who were killed by that Afghan suicide bomber and to bring up Afghanistan legislation and Nancy Pelosi would not acknowledge us and closed the house down. Several other congressmen tweeted out or posted or said the same things. Thanks, Nancy. Glad to see that you can put aside your partisan thought for just a second to recognize our servicemen and women. Dan Rather had a tweet, and, and, and other lefties are doing similar things. Dan Rather's tweet. It's worth noting that many of the same people attacking the Biden administration for leaving women's rights behind in Afghanistan are eager to control women's bodies and choices in the United States. What a clever tweet. Well, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah, it's right along with this uh, MSNBC guest recently, civil rights attorney Jill Colleen Jefferson. She was talking about pro-lifers, and she said, you know, what it reminds me of, quite honestly, is a suicide bomber. Someone who feels like they have the right and the moral duty to mess up somebody else's life for the greater good. Wow. So pro-lifers are like the Taliban of women's rights, and they're like suicide bombers. Let, let's try to compare for just a second. So one group is trying to save the lives of unborn babies. And not trying to take away the rights of women, trying to save the lives of others. I mean, shouldn't the argument really be about when do you believe life begins, right? I mean, because if you believe it's a life, then it's not just your body, right? Then it would be taking a life. I mean, isn't that really what the debate should be about? But the Taliban is trying to kill women for not wearing a burqa. They are rounding up 12-year-old girls as sex slaves. They are not allowing girls to go to school over the age of eight. They are, let's see, what else? Oh yeah, I got a list of it here. Imprisoning women in their own homes because they can't be outside without other men. Um, some girls are being beaten for wearing white shoes. Girls are only allowed to read the Quran. Women are not allowed to speak loudly in public. Pictures of women are banned from all media outlets. Women are not allowed to appear on the balconies of their apartments 
And that's the same thing as a group of people trying to save the lives of unborn babies. And that's not even getting to the suicide bombers who are intentionally and purposefully killing people. Glad we're not doing any hyperbole on the left, aren't you? Yeah. Let's move on to California. They got the fires. They got the drought. It's all because of global warming. But if you look, they have horrible forest fire plans. They haven't been burning the underbrush, and everybody knows this, and they need to change it. And the AP now has a piece out that way back in the last big drought in 2014, they actually passed a law out there to borrow $7.5 billion and build projects to stockpile more water. They haven't built a reservoir on public land since 1979 and private land since 1940. And guess what? They still haven't. They were going to start building one, you know, in the lake in Northern California, but then the cost plus shifting political priorities stopped it from happening. So now that they're out of water again, they're having this big drought, they're talking about it again. See, California's Mediterranean climate means it gets most of its rain and snow in the winter and spring, followed by hot, dry summers and falls that see the rivers and streams dry up. But guess what? They're still releasing water every spring into the ocean because they don't have enough reservoirs to haul it. And because of environmental policies, they are cutting off even more water to the farmers. You think maybe they should go ahead and build those reservoirs? But no, no, it's global warming's fault. Crime is up. Have you seen this? Antifa, Black Lives Matter, riots, property destruction, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, Minnesota, and violent crime and shootings are up for the first time really since the 90s as it had been going down, down, down every year. The Associated Press, though, is pointing out more and more black women are considering buying a gun for personal protection. And the people they talked to, the black women they talked to, said they were doing it because of what? Crime in their neighborhoods? Uh, riots in their neighborhoods? All the uh, mostly peaceful protests that have been going on around them? No, no, this woman in Detroit says she was doing it because in April 2020, hundreds of activists, including some who were openly carrying rifles, flocked to the Michigan Capitol in Lansing to denounce Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer's stay-at-home order. Some demonstrators entered the building carrying guns, you know, which is legal in the statehouse. <laughs> the sight of the people, many of whom were white men, wearing body armor and holding guns, sticks with Mrs. Rupert. They went up to the Capitol with all those guns. You need to be ready, she said. Okay. <laughs> okay, wait a second. So a black woman living in the inner city, her biggest fear is some white dude with a gun on the Capitol protesting that there was a lockdown. Right. That's the threat to her. I guarantee you, you do a poll, poll on the black men and women who are recently buying guns. And it is not because they were worried about some white dude in the Capitol protesting a lockdown. It's because of what's going on in their neighborhoods because of the defunding of the police. But that's just a great article from the AP. Oh, and speaking of gunfire, Newsweek has a great story in San Francisco. Guess what San Francisco is doing? A new program will pay people at high risk of shooting someone not to pull the trigger. What? Yeah, the Dreamkeeper Fellowship. They're going to pay 10 people $300 a month to not shoot people. <laughs> but they said the, pro <laughs> the program is not transactional. It will focus on making investments in communities. Participants will be paired with life coaches. Oh, this just keeps getting better. $300 and a life coach not to shoot somebody. And it will be considered, they will be considered community ambassadors and work to prevent violence. The program aims to get to the root causes of violence, which in so many ways are economic. Well, they are economic to a degree, but let me give you the root causes. 
the destruction of the family. So few fathers there. Devaluation of human life. The devaluation of education. Gangs taking the place of fathers and families and unsafe neighborhoods. Those are just a few of them. Um, yeah, education. But education goes with really good parents. And economic opportunities go with good education. Gun violence in San Francisco has increased in 2021. In the first half of the year, there were 119 gun violence victims. More than double from 2020. Yeah. You know what? I bet it's from all those guys in Michigan who went to the Capitol to protest the lockdowns. We need to pay those guys 300 bucks a month. My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience. <laughs>